Joining me right now, the Jets beat writer from The Athletic. I've had him on maybe four or five times now. I just respect the guy. I follow his tweets. I have post notifications on. Like I get a lot of the information that I share with you around the Jets from him. It's Zach Rosenblatt back on the fan. What's up, Zach? What's up, Keith? I feel bad for you getting notifications when I tweet nonsense about, like, food. <laughs> Speaking of nonsense, I was talking to Spike about you. I didn't know that you were a Sixers fan. You're from Philly? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big listener of the Right Ricky Sanchez podcast. So, yeah, I'm, I've, I've known Spike for a while. I can't stand the Sixers, man. I'm a Nets fan, so you can, <laughs> you can put two and two together there. I, someone just called. Oh, Jarvis, he's like, yeah, I'm watching the Celtics uh, play the Sixers. I'm like, I can't stand either one of those teams. I wouldn't watch a second of the game. Are you watching that game? I just saw it's it's tight going into the fourth quarter, like 95, 94 Celtics. Oh, no, I wasn't watching. And the, and the Sixers don't have anybody playing. I was, I was going to say we both at least can come together to laugh at all the, the misery James Harden is bringing in the Clippers now. So <laughs> Yeah, we definitely can uh, relate about James Harden. We, we dodged a bullet there. Uh, neither franchise gave him the long-term deal he was looking for. But uh, we're here to talk about the Jets, right? Yeah, we got to <laughs> Talk about the J-E-T-S just end the season. Not quite, right? They're not in the season yet because Aaron Rodgers spoke and said that he might come back if they win the next couple games. That's really what I wanted to talk to you about tonight because we didn't see any video. We didn't even get the audio to play clips of it here. But you were there. You got to see him, or was he on a Zoom? Like, Can you tell us what the vibe was with this uh, you know, meeting of the media with Aaron Rodgers being back to practice and the 21-day practice window being open? Yeah, it was it was like a meeting room in the facility with like one of those long tables that you have for like a board meeting, and he's sitting in the middle of it. And it's funny because he did the same exact thing with us like a week before the season, and that's where he had that quote that went viral where he talked about how he felt like he was living a waking dream, and you know just being able to be in New York and and the whole experience, not blah blah blah. And then he then he goes and obviously has his nightmare in uh, in week one, and and then we're sitting back there again, and he's talking about to us about his recovery. So it was a very full circle moment, and kind of like just underscored how kind of weird and how much this season went off the rails to a degree. But yeah, I mean, the, the idea that we're even talking about possibility about him coming back is, is pretty wild. Yeah. I, I've been on the record saying, man, the, the curse of the jets and the karma Aaron Rodgers together. Uh, I feel like we could have guessed that this was going to be explosive boom and not in the great way. I think everybody wanted to say super bowl. We're going to the super bowl, but I mean, right away it was a disaster. So here we are. Uh, I just had Bo Morgan on, who hosts the radio show, um, the morning show in Atlanta, 92.9 The Game, and he made me realize how much Falcons fans have fear of their team running into disaster. They have the worst Super Bowl loss you know, in history, and they have Desmond Ritter as their quarterback, and they're going into this game this week, and they're in first place. But they still have some kind of fear that they could come into JetLife Stadium and take an L. What are you thinking about this week? I we were just talking about it. And I'm like, it's it's a 95 percent chance of rain. The over under is 33, so they're expecting it to be low scoring. It's Tim Boyle versus Desmond Ritter. It's basically a pick 'em. I'm like, this might be the worst game of the week in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I feel like people weren't really interested in talking about the, this game at all this week because of the Rogers stuff. That kind of like took over the conversation. Of course, um, it did, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, shocker there. But, uh, yeah, you know, I out of all their games left on the schedule, like removing the Patriots because it's hard to even say that's an easy win since the Jets never beat them. Like, this is a game on the schedule where, like, you can't really say the Jets should beat anybody anymore, but they should beat the Falcons if they if they want to take all this stuff they're talking about seriously. And, 
you know, if they want to, see, to keep the season from going off the rails, I think this is the loss. Where if they go out there and they get killed by the Falcons, like they've gotten killed the last few weeks, like that, I don't think this is a thing that they're going to have a really easy time recovering from. I, I think you're already starting to see some frustration in the locker room. And so I, uh, if the offense goes down there and does another stinker, um, and they lose to the, to the Falcons by, you know, however many points, like, I, I don't think that's going to go over very well. A lot of fans have already tapped out on the season. It's been pretty, pretty miserable, frankly, especially with how bad the offense has been, as you know. Um, but yeah, so I think this is a big, you know, we've had a few turning points in the season. This is like a different kind. I think it's everybody's pretty much accepted. They're probably not going to actually make the playoffs, even if Rodgers comes back when they have a 5% chance, like the odds of it actually happening, like, um, are pretty slim. So I, uh, I think this is the game where it's like, okay, things could get really bad. Yeah, it's it's eerily similar to last year and the nosedive that they took last year, losing a bunch of games in a row. They're they're in another losing streak with no real quarterback. And I, I like I said this in my open, I'm like an object in motion stays in motion. It's hard to stop the bleeding. It's hard to stop a losing streak. And even the last game they won, they should have lost that game. They won it in overtime against the Jets in the or against the Giants in the rain. But the the Jets have not put together a good, solid performance on the field in a long time. I guess since October 8th, that's almost two months ago. And when you look at the Broncos, the Broncos have won five in a row. I also talked about them and their winning streak, the converse. Like, they're going to face the Texans and, you know, battle for actual playoff contention. I just, I don't see it. I don't see how Tim Boyle just becomes this quarterback that he never was at any level. Like, I don't see how he just turns it on. And, and goes for 300 yards and three touchdowns. Definitely not in the elements. Definitely not at this point. And like you said, like I, I listen to these guys like Garrett Wilson, these guys in the, in the locker room, and I give a lot of credit to Rob Sala for keeping them together, but it seems like they're overly positive still. You know, even like their quotes, they just still have optimism that the season's not over. They're not mathematically out. They can win. They can get something going. And, and I don't understand how that's like my question is coming up. Like I don't understand how it's the thing. The vibe in the locker room, you're there in the locker room. Does it seem authentic? Does it seem real? Do these guys still think that, like, hey, we could win out here, you know, any given Sunday, we can win out and Aaron could come back? Or does it seem like it's it's starting to wear on everyone? I think the thing that's wearing on everybody is just the, the offensive lack of production. And, and, you know, you mentioned the Tim Boyle thing. Like, you're, you're right, he doesn't have a history of production. But I, I think the bigger issue, even than the quarterback, um, obviously they have, like, personnel issues um, that we can talk about if you want. But, um, like, I, I think – Nathaniel Hackett, the way he calls plays, it, it just does not put these guys in a position to succeed in my mind. Like, I think if you're including the Hail Mary, I think Tim Boyle averaged something like four yards, four air yards per attempt uh, last week, which is really hard. That means he's basically throwing it right in front of him. Like that's, that's not very far. And, and, you know, it, and he was asked about it this week and he said, I'm just going to do what, what Coach Hackett calls and I believe in his play calling. So essentially saying like these are, this is what Nathaniel Hackett is telling me to do. And I think you see it in just how boring their play calling is. Yeah. Um, they, they, they run, they run, then they pass, and they go three and out, or they get a mistake here and there. I think it, it starts at the top with the OC. And, you know, obviously none of these quarterbacks they have are going to lead them anywhere, but you, you, you'd hope that you had an offensive coordinator that could at least put them in position to make plays. So is, is Aaron Rodgers that much of a difference maker? Right? Does Aaron Rodgers just make Nathaniel Hackett's offense go to the point he was winning back-to-back MVPs? He said something to you guys about – how, you know, he's not worried about coming back with the offensive line because it's the quarterback's job to get the ball out quickly, yeah. get us in the right protection. He said it's so cavalier. Like, I mean, obviously he's one of the GOATs. He's one of the best quarterbacks of all time. But I'm like, that's not just easy to do. Easy, way easier said than done. And, and yes, you know, 
When I'm watching the rest of the NFL, even last night, look at all the points we saw scored last night. Look at the play calling last night. I'm watching this game right now with Oregon and Washington. They just did a double reverse screen pass. Like, where where is the imaginative, creative play calling? At this point in the season, you have nothing to lose. You should be in your bag of tricks. You should be pulling out all the stops, not just a fake punt, but like anything in practice that can be installed to throw off a team like the Falcons, like, is there any hope that this week we see something else? Like, I feel like they're running out of time to keep running the same plays, the same offense that hasn't been effective all year. Yeah, I mean, do I have confidence they'll do something different? No, because I my my whole thing, and I and I I go with this kind of thread um, when I can. Like, until the Jets prove that they're going to do something different, like, why should we believe that they will? Like, they've given us no evidence that they're willing to change outside of some personnel stuff. Which is really like, as I've said, it's like putting a bandaid on a bowl. Yeah, like, like, we'll get Jeremy like, Ruckert involved. Yeah, um, yeah that's, Alan Scratch. Now he's Jason back. Bradley, and that's not gonna. That's not gonna really move the needle ultimately. So, and cutting Michael Carter for Izzy Abadakondo, right? Not really played. Um, so yeah, they. You know, it's it's all cosmetic changes. I, I do think to the Aaron Rodgers point, I really do think that does make a difference. And obviously, having Rodgers makes a difference in any offense. But in terms of the offensive line stuff, I think it would make a big difference having a guy. Who, you know, like just see everything and call out stuff. But as it regards regards to Hackett, like I Rogers like has defended him and he says his offense works, but the reality is it's not Hackett's offense, it's Rogers' offense. When Hackett is the play caller, Rogers is the play caller. When when Zach Wilson's the quarterback, then Nathaniel Hackett's the play caller. Right. We see what that looks like right now. Right. I mean Aaron Rodgers at the line of scrimmage can get you into the right play. The play like it's it's just so different. It's his system. Uh all right. So, you know, speaking about Nathaniel Hackett and Rob Sala and Joe Douglas, this regime, I mean, not for nothing, Aaron Rodgers did give him a stamp of approval. I feel like he didn't have to do that. But I feel like he's doing that because of the letdown four plays in, right? They got to run it back next year. This has to be something they try again. They did everything to get him. Uh, no one's getting fired, but I think everybody rightfully should get fired for letting the same thing that happened last year happen again. But going into next year with these guys, like, do you get that feel that they're, they're like, hey, whatever, we're running it back. Same head coach, same offensive coordinator. Obviously, the GM is safe. Everybody's safe, and that's okay. You know, I, I the, the real X factor here ultimately is Woody Johnson. And I, I, if they do value Aaron Rodgers' opinion as much as I think they do, um, I imagine that if he said if he says he wants them back, then they probably will be. I think Hackett is the one in particular that, um, you know, everybody kind of knows how he feels about him. So um, he doesn't have as much of a tie to Robert Sala or Joe Douglas. And I think Rodgers does like how much they listen to his voice, you know, solid basis, some things he does coaching-wise around what Rodgers says, and Douglas made some moves this offseason. Most of them haven't worked, but based on what Rodgers wanted. So I think he does like the structure of this organization because it gives him a voice that he doesn't really have as much as he wanted in Green Bay. So um, I think there is something to think about there. But, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, Woody's the one that's making the decision. And, you know, he, he's sitting here. This is going to be the end of the third season. They're probably going to finish with less, seven or less wins. If you, if you just go on their current track, and if they do that, then Robert Sala would not have had more than seven wins in a season. And, and uh, you know, they've become like sort of a laughing stock on offense. And I, I don't think Woody's going to be very happy that people are making fun of them. So um, if it keeps going down this track, I think there's reason to be concerned. But I, I, as of right now, I, I think tied to Aaron Rodgers, if everybody stays tied to him, I think everybody will be back. Okay, two more things. The defense. I feel like these guys, man, they started off the season, they seemed like they were supermen all world. But – I mean, it wears on you, and it's tough, and they know it. They're not dumb. These guys play defense. They see good offenses. 
every week. They see good offense on film. They they played in other places. These guys have played in college. They know good quarterback play. Man, they're up against a little bit of a challenge this week, in my opinion, with Bijan Robinson, Tyler Algier, Cordero Patterson in the rain. I, I just said to Bo Morgan from Atlanta, I'm like, you guys have a three-headed monster in that that backfield, and the Jets' defense hasn't particularly been that great against the run. Yeah, they stopped the pass, so we expect them to cancel out Desmond Ritter and, and Drake London, but do you think they'll be up for the challenge four quarters against the run? And, you know, we've heard Sauce Gardner speak about having the score. Like, do you think the Jets' defense still has it in them, or are we going to start to see, you know, it wear down on these guys again? I felt like at halftime that, that Hail Mary obviously was a backbreaker. That's, that's a quick way to piss off your defense and assault your defense but do you think these guys still have you know the wherewithal in them to say hey it's a new game we can win the game it's on us let's go out there and, and give a plus effort do they have it in them absolutely i do i i think the biggest thing i think i'm seeing in my mind is that they've kind of just been worn down by how much they've had to carry the team and i think that's why you've seen them in the second half of these last two games is really where they kind of fallen apart a little bit um, and yeah, the running, the run defense has been their biggest issue this whole year, especially recently. I think they rank towards the bottom league in rush defense and they're up towards the top and everything else. And as you said, you know, this is a three headed monster. Bijan Robinson can do a little bit of everything. He's pretty remarkable. And Tyler Algier is a really strong runner and Corderell Patterson is very athletic. So, um, it's a concern. And, but ultimately, if, if you can't beat a team that has Desmond Ritter at quarterback, then I don't think you can really beat anybody. So. Yeah, that's true. I mean, here's the quarterback. Here's the matchup for the defense. This guy's, you know, he had two picks last week. There's an opportunity for them to pick the ball off, take it to the house, pick up some fumbles, take it to the house, and, and that could be the difference in winning the game. Okay, last thing I'd like to do with you is, is lift up Connor Hughes. Connor Hughes is a guy that's come on my show a few times. He's also an alumni of Monmouth University like I am. I watch his stuff on SNY. I watch you guys interact online. I think he's a great guy, and his daughter was born right after my son was born this year. Um, unfortunately, Jamal Adams is POS and just you know, gets on Twitter and does what he did. So Connor Hughes' name has come up in the news a little bit. But, you know, I just spoke of his praises. I think he's a, a great journalist, a great reporter, um, and, and been great and nice to me, gracious, to come on my show. Uh, you know, I just wanted to lift him up, and I wanted you to share um, some something from you guys. I know you guys are with each other a lot, and you know him personally, um, so we can just kind of put him over and uh, lift him up tonight before you're done. Oh, man, you're making me compliment Connor. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I know you guys are like brothers. You guys yeah. go back and yeah, forth yeah. all the time. Yeah, I know. It's, it's all in good fun. Like, you know, Connor and I, we've known each other for a while. We became close friends in the last year or two. And then um, when he knew he was leaving for SNY, he, he put in a recommendation for me at The Athletic. And and uh, and The Athletic is somewhere I've wanted to work a very long time. And, you know, I worked hard to get here. But I, if without his recommendation, I don't know, I'd be sitting where I am, and over the last uh, year since I've been covering the team, we've become closer and closer. And I know him. I know I know his wife. And I've met his daughter. I've met his entire family actually, and um, they're great. And he didn't deserve what what happened today. And my feelings are on Twitter about it already. But yeah, I, I uh, yeah, I'll I'll ride for Connor all the time. Same here. Hey, Zach Rosenblatt from the Athletic, covering your New York Jets. Thanks for joining us again, Zach. I appreciate you, bro. Yeah, good talking to you, bro.